I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. We have finally made it to the day of the grand final of Eurovision 2021. Can you believe it? After two years of waiting, we are finally, finally here. Before we get started with everything we've got coming your way in the podcast today, though, let me just tell you that today's episode is sponsored by the lovely people at Cloudwater Soda and their friends at the Queer Brewing Project. Cloudwater Soda, of course, take ingredients from their brewery to create delicious low-calorie alcohol-free infusions, unlocking the unique characters of hops for all to enjoy. As a brewery, they create some pretty strong beers, so they introduce their sodas to encourage a more mindful approach to unwinding with a good drink. As ever, here is the super exciting part. You can head to cloudwatersoda.co and use our very own discount code Eurotrip, that's all one word, Eurotrip, for 10% off their soda range. And you can also use the same code for queer brewing merch and beers as well. And that code is valid all the way through until July the 31st, 2021. Hosted by Rob Lilly and James Rowe and brought to you by Cloudwater Soda and Queer Brewing. This is the Eurotrip, almost live from Rotterdam. James said it at the beginning of this episode, the grand final of the Eurovision Song Contest 2021 is merely hours away. Eurovision Saturday, after two years, is finally here. Those are words, honestly... I never thought we'd hear. It just seems like such a long way, doesn't it, since Eurovision back in 2019, two years ago, since we managed to sit down on a Saturday night and watch the contest that we all love. And yet here we are. We are just, as Rob says, hours away. And boy, have we got a mammoth podcast for you to preview everything that is coming our way tonight. 735 days since the contest in Tel Aviv came to an end. We are back with the Eurovision Song Contest of 2021. And James, you are right. We have got so much for you in today's episode. The executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest, Martin Osterdahl. You'll be able to hear from him. We have got guests in Malta. And we've also got a French journalist in the press centre talking about their chances. And we have got an excellent panel to discuss the grand final. We have indeed an expert panel coming with all sorts of opinions and all sorts else. We've got, first up, 
Ari Olafsson. We heard him on the podcast last week, I believe, talking about what rehearsals week is like. Of course, he represented Iceland in 2018. Bella Christ will be joining us too. She does bits and bobs for SVT and the radio stations in Sweden. Uh, she was the English language commentator for Melody Festival 2. And finally, Daniel Rosny from BBC Radio 1. He has covered the contest before. He is a massive fan. So those three, in the company of both me and Rob, will be previewing all all of tonight's action. And we will be checking the odds, of course, because they've been all over the place this week. It's been a roller coaster finding out who will go into tonight's show as the favourite to take home the trophy. And one more chance to hear some of the artists of 2021 and also some of your good luck messages as well. So there is all that and more to come here on the Eurotrip almost live from Rotterdam. We want to hear from you. Email us hello at eurotrippodcast.com. We have to start today's episode with the big question. James, have you decided what you're doing for your big party later on? Because you have spent the last week telling me that you couldn't work out what you were going to be nibbling on. You hadn't got the bunting out. What's going on? Why do you always seem to do this to me? Put me on the spot about what I'm going to do. First of all, let me clear up this mess. The bunting is up. It went up on Tuesday afternoon. So that is safe to say that is done. The hand-waving flags are out. There's flags aplenty. In terms of food, however, I'm still at a loss. You realise that the final starts in a few hours? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I've got... It's been a busy week, you know, Rob, just like myself. We've both been very busy. I haven't had the chance to work out any food plans. I think I'm just going to spend the rest of today until 8pm just with my feet up, not doing anything and expect somebody else instead to work out the plans for food. Would you like to share with both me and the listeners news of a special cake that has been baked for this evening? I can do if you want. There is one person who may well be listening who won't want me to tell you about this. However, my brother has made a cake, uh, Eurovision inspired, in the shape of the the Eurovision heart logo, of course. It would have looked very, very special. It's been decorated with the Dutch flag. All sounds fantastic. However, I lifted the lid off the cake tin and I think I'm maybe... I might be the one who has caused some damage to the cake because the cake was stuck to the cake tin lid as I took it off and it seems like the cake has collapsed. (laughs) Collapsed is a word that you don't normally want associated with some baked goods. So that doesn't bode well. However, in your defence, surely that means that there's a good bit of volume on the cake. If If it was as high as to be touching the top of the lid. Yeah. Yeah, it deserves a place in the Manhattan skyline, that thing. Honestly, going for a treat tonight. (laughs) A treat tonight, even if it's not the most aesthetically pleasing at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. How about you? What are your plans for tonight? Uh, We've got some nachos on the go. Not right now, obviously. That would be early. Uh, But we're going to have some nachos on the go. Uh, My girlfriend's made a Malteser cake, which will be coming out later. Uh, We've got some bingo cards that we have sorted for this evening. Eurovision bingo? So is there stuff like a wind machine scene in sight? Is there stuff like pyro used on stage? All that sort of thing. All that sort of thing. Accidental cameraman arm. All of that sort of thing. That's one of my favourites, that one. I love that. You may remember, and I still enjoy looking back at it, um, Mons's winning performance at Eurovision 2015. You can just see the man running back with his elbow in shot for about, I don't know, it felt like a lifetime, probably about two seconds. Yeah, very, very funny. Well, that's very exciting. You're set for tonight. I am not set for tonight by the sounds of things. However, we've still got a few hours to go. And I'm sure you listening at home have got loads of plans to celebrate with the return of the Eurovision Song Contest tonight as well. Maybe you've got this podcast on while you are getting ready for tonight. Maybe you're in the kitchen making something. Maybe you're in the living room. Maybe you're in your bedroom putting some bunting up. Who knows? If that's what you're doing, Hope it all goes well for you tonight. Imagine if there are people listening in the kitchen right now while they're baking some stuff, cooking up some food. It's a pleasure to be with you here as you gear yourself up for Eurovision 2021, the big grand final tonight. And boy, as I said before, have we got a fantastic show lined up for you today. We've got 
guests coming out of our ears. We'll be crossing to Malta very, very shortly to chat to a journalist there to talk about what it's like for Malta to be one of the favourites to win the contest. But first, shall we head across to France? But not quite France, but the press centre and Fabian Randan, who is a culture journalist for 20 minutes. He is one of the lucky few who is actually in the real-life press centre rather than everybody else who is in the online press centre. And he has spent the last two weeks covering everything to do with the Eurovision Song Contest. And of course, France, Barbara Pravi with Voila, is one of the hot favourites to win tonight. She is, as we are speaking now, second in the odds to win. She's going to be performing in 20th place tonight. And also, more excitingly for France too, they are going to be hosting the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in December. So even if they don't win tonight, they've still got a contest to look forward to. I'll chat to Fabian a little bit about that very, very shortly. But to begin with, I started off by asking him how Barbara has been feeling over the last two weeks. Yes, she 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 says and she keeps she, she keeps saying that she is here to do her job. That is to say, to sing, and uh, that the um, uh, what happens is not in her hands. Uh, and if people want want to vote for her, then they will vote for her. But if they prefer uh, something up tempo or uh, something more more fun, they will vote for another and. That's all right, and she is here to to do her job. She tries to to not to get too much pressure about everything uh, around the odds, etc. But uh, yeah, she is uh, such a, a kind girl. Uh, it's impossible not to love her. She she is uh, very genuine, very uh, very nice, uh, funny, and uh, uh, yeah, she she is here and she enjoys. Her, her experience, her, uh, she enjoys her Eurovision experience. Now, we've got the running order as well. She is performing in 20th place, straight after Ukraine, but right before Azerbaijan. What has the reaction been to, to her placing in the running order? This morning, I saw Alexandra Redamiel, uh, who is the head of delegation of France, and she told me, oh, for us, 20 is a lucky number. Uh, Barbara would uh, have loved the spot 19, 20 or 21. So it's 20 and that's all right. She's happy with that. So yes, she will sing after Ukraine. I was, when I discovered the running order, I was a little bit surprised because for me, this is too favorite. And uh, there is a kind of, of clash between uh, these two songs. But when I uh, reflect on it, I think that it will help both of the songs to stand out. Uh, that uh, coming after Ukraine, maybe the, the softness, uh, the intimacy of the, the French staging um, and uh, the, the personality of Barbara, her simplicity will maybe um, stands out even more. Now, if Barbara wins, or even if she just gets a top 10 or a top 5, this would be a fantastic result for France. And do you think this would help change some people's minds and sort of bring them on board with liking and respecting the contest again? Yes, I think, and I hope so. Um, when Amir uh, in 2016 uh, was uh, in the top 10, uh, he ended uh, sixth in the 6th place. French people uh, were then conscious that, oh, France can do well. And uh, yeah, it will be a good thing. And I think that uh, a top 10, I'm not sure that it will change a lot of things, but a top five to do better than Amir, uh, it will be really great because we, France has not made a top five since 
20, well, since 20 years, uh, for 20 years, and uh, a top three for 30 years. So uh, this year is the anniversary of the infamous uh, final uh, of 1991 and uh, the, the second place for Amina. Uh, so yeah, this year I hope the, the joy will be... <sighs> Will be here that we, we could enjoy a good result. So finger crossed for for Barbara. Absolutely, I know there's loads of fans of Barbara who have got their fingers crossed and will be voting in the grand final. But whether Barbara wins or not, we do know there will be a Eurovision Song Contest in France. Of course, the Junior Eurovision uh, Song Contest will be taking place in Paris. It was just announced earlier this week in December this year. That is a massive moment coming off the back of Valentina's win last year, isn't it? Yes, and uh, France had not welcomed a Eurovision event since 1978. So it's uh, it's a really big thing. And uh, I think that uh, it will be a, a very great show um, a few week, a few days before Christmas. It can be very, uh, a very beautiful show. And uh, in La Seine Musicale, which is uh, the venue chosen, it will be uh, really intimate, but it's a uh, it's really a great, uh, a great place uh, that's there that the Victoire de la Musique, uh, the kind of uh, French Grammy Awards, take place this past years. So I, I think it will be a, 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 a blast. Now, Fabian, if we turn attentions back to the grand final, who, if you had to choose, is going to win the 2021 Eurovision Song Contest? Uh, of course. I'm pretty chauvinistic if I said Barbara <laughs> Pravi. So I hope that uh, it will be Barbara Pravi, really. Uh, I think that there is, a, there is everything in, there is a full package. Uh, the, the singer, the song, the, the staging, um, she creates a, a moment. Um, but if you say that I can't vote for my heart, own country. Uh, I would say that uh, I have the feeling that Iceland may do well. I think that Iceland may win the televote and that uh, uh, the jury will uh, wrong them very well. Um, so maybe a Reykjavik uh, next year. But um, uh, yeah, the, the Icelandic group is, is such a, a joyous uh, a joyous band of, uh, of friends and uh, uh, they, they give powerful and, uh, and happy vibes. So I think that uh, they can do well and uh, they were in a way of a kind of, uh, of symbolic winners of last year with their song who was such a phenomenon all around the world. So uh, if it's not France, I hope that it will be Iceland. I have this feeling. Well, not long to find out. Fabian, thank you so much for joining us and enjoy the show on Saturday night. Thank you, James, and enjoy the show as well. It's no secret, is it, James, that you are a big fan of the French entry. And I think you're probably one of those that would be very pleased if Barbara won this evening. I'm just a big fan of the French music scene altogether, really. Aren't it? We're, oh, we're not getting into this. We do not have time for you to list musicians that no one's heard of. You've done that once before. Yes, but I would be very happy to see Barbara win tonight. And even if they don't host the contest next year, and even if they don't win, are we going to head out for a bit of a Euro trip, Euro trip to the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in December? Me, you... And an island in the middle of the Seine? Absolutely we are. Wouldn't that be a delightful little date for the two of us? Wouldn't it? Me and you in one of the world's most romantic cities in the run-up to Christmas. Thinking about it already. In fact, get tonight out of the way. I know what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Let's get those plans in motion. Can't wait. But we've still got loads to come on the podcast today because it's our big grand final preview. We're going to have this wonderful round table chat with Ari Olafsson, Bella Christ and Daniel Rosny. We're going to hear from Martin Usterdahl as well. Oh, it's a, it's a big boy episode, Rob. I see you've taken the approach of the Dutch hosts with Martin Usterdahl's pronunciation. Martin Usterdahl, as Oosterdahl. I think he, he gets in the ahoy, doesn't he? Usterdahl. I'm looking forward to his, you're good to go, later on. 
very quickly, rated out of 10, how do you rate his new catchphrase? On a scale of take it away to good to go, I am probably more in the good to go camp. I don't actually know what you mean by that scale, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, do I prefer Martin Usterdahl's, uh Yes, the votes are here. I do. To oh, Jan Olesans. Yeah. Wow. wow. How radical. How radical. However, let's get back to the podcast. Let's get to our next guest. And it is Ben Robertson from the Bet Eurovision podcast and ESC Insight. Now, this man, you'll have heard him on the podcast earlier in the week. He joined us on Tuesday to preview the very first semi-final. And he knows everything that's going on in the the betting scene. You'll have seen it all over Twitter and online. The betting market has been all over the place this week. And during rehearsals week two, we've had Malta as the favourite. We've had France as the favourite. Italy are now the favourite. It has been all over the show. So we had to get him back to get his thoughts on what the grand final betting market looks like at the moment. And I think most people are in agreement at the moment that the grand final is super, super strong. So I started off by asking him if he agrees with that. It's super strong in the sense of you've got a great show. Um, so you've got a right back. It still feels like Eurovision, the way you've got Flo Rida closing, the way you've got Cyprus opening. Um, it feels like a Eurovision song contest, but I feel there's lots of different spaces for lots of songs to shine, which is great because we've got lots of songs that can be considered favourites and quite a few now that could be considered dark horses. And I think they've all got the chance to have a moment. I want to get your feelings on some of these dark horses or underdogs really because I've been looking at some of these betting markets and one of the countries and one of the entries that has really surprised me that it seems to have been going up and up and up is Portugal and in the semi-final on Thursday night they really seemed to capture the viewers attention didn't they is this another one of these that may not be fighting for the win but a top 10 could be on the cards I actually I'll tell you what this is a ridiculous thing to say and I shouldn't say it but I will I when I watched Portugal come out and the audience got it, and his voice was superb, and it just felt like a proper song. I said to myself, fly on the wings of love. <laughs> I, and, and that is, of course, what was it, 125, maybe more on the night. I mean, before my time, that one. And you shouldn't have things that are that big of an upset in the song contest anymore. But there was a certain something that happened. And I don't know how big that something is. Um and we just mentioned Malta, Portugal will be coming on the back of Malta there. So, again, you've got that same thing. Malta doesn't have that crescendo of energy. Portugal's got a different song. It's going to be a considered entry. But it's got a space there that if it can capture the mood and carry that crescendo of the audience, it's got a really good place. If it doesn't, it doesn't work, fair enough. Um, the actual building energy there it gives lots of these space if they like these ballads if they want to do well they need to capture attention but they need to have audience ready to be there for them they've been set up in a way to uh allow the possibility for it to happen it, it makes it even more wide open <laughs> it really really does i simply can't wait for saturday night another country i want to pick your brains about is cyprus because earlier in the week as the semi-finals were ongoing cyprus were in about the top five or even top four now as i'm looking at them they've dropped just outside of the top 10 do you think this is because of the running order or do you think this is just because the potential in some of the other strong entries is coming up and up and up is 100% a factor to it um in the show like immediately and this is this is the bonkers world of the Eurovision betting for you um what the EBU did last night they actually posted it on the live blog and they posted who opened the show 20 seconds later who've ended the show and then they posted like first half second half basically they put up the news El Diablo would open within seconds the price for Cyprus went out 20, 30 points. Wow. Like, without thinking about it. Um, that's the nature of what happened. Um, as soon as Malta came out number six, that was revealed. Huge drift on Malta from about sixes to about eights. Like, within seconds. Because there is this perception, and this perception, I'm going to critique all of the Eurovision betting community here. Running order is significant in the Eurovision Song Contest. Like, unquestionably so. 
and the later you are the better yes but the crescendo effects and you know being able to do this side-by-side -side comparison which also i think russia and malta has a good side-by-side -side comparison um lithuania to ukraine a good side-by-side -side comparison for their quirkiness these are moments that actually value more than running order pure running order how late in the show you are it's about you know a few percentage points and if you're a runaway winner you'll win from anywhere in the in the entire show what we have this year is a really close competition so you know that extra four or five percent could make a difference absolutely but the yeah the market did overreact and does overreact to these kind of things. Now, Ben, we could go through every single country here and talk about its chances, but we simply do not have the time. So instead of asking you to pick a winner and pick a favourite, can we ask you a bit of a different question? Can we ask for what is the best value entry in Saturday night's grand final? Yeah, because and you've you got this weird thing because the top two in the betting market, Italy and France, they're both big five countries. So they're untested. Yes, they performed in the jury show, and you've seen the clips for a minute, but they're untested competitively. We don't really know what the public think of them in that sense. So they've, they're good entries. They'd be perfectly adequate, more than adequate Eurovision winners. But yeah, there's a worry there. Maybe this year, because this year could be really, really close. Um, maybe looking for things that each way value is better and seeing if one of them pulls it off. Um, Portugal, you mentioned Portugal, if it just captures that mood, that could easily be a jury winner. And in that sense, that would be a great value each way bet. I mean, I'm looking at odds here at 50s. That that might be value, you know, if you can get each way on that. Um, probably the same, but the opposite for San Marino. You know, as ridiculous as it is, San Marino to do very well and maybe win a televote. In a weird year like this, there could be some possibility there. Sweden is drawn number 25. And I mean, Sweden, you know, touches a problem with his voice. It's been drifting. I, I think it, if, it, if it can pull it off, Sweden is the biggest prize I've seen in Eurovision Song Contest since I started doing this gig. Wow. So if you're picking two countries a little bit there, Portugal, maybe Sweden, maybe it's all up in the air, Ben, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you actually look at the jury vote, if you look at the jury vote betting market, your top three countries there in the jury vote are France, Switzerland, and Malta. They're the three favourites to win the jury vote. The three favourites to win the televote are Italy, Ukraine, and Iceland. They're complete contrast to each other. It is very expected that either there'll be a jury landslide or a televote landslide. Or probably more realistically, there'll be a compromise winner. It's always good to have Ben on the podcast and maybe a few tips for you there if you're looking to put a bit of money on tonight's show. But this is the part that we have to say, make sure you bet responsibly. Don't bet what you don't have, everybody, and make sure you can still enjoy tonight's show. I don't know, got a bit of money on tonight. I've got a bit of money on Iceland, got a bit of money on Serbia for the top 10 in this house as well. But that won't come as a surprise to you, given how much I'm obsessed with Loco Loco. Yeah, if Malta and Iceland both come top four, I'll be quids in. But we'll be back to the podcast in just a sec. But for now, we've got a quick message about the brilliant Queer Brewing Project and Cloud Water Soda, who are helping us bring you today's episode. Now, Cloud Water Soda is part of Cloud Water Brew Co. and provides a great alternative drink if you're looking for something alcohol-free. Right now, Cloudwater Soda and the Queer Brewing Project are working together on a new soda collaboration. The end result being a delicious drink called Blossom, and it will be packed full of banana, orange and a hint of coriander seed. Now, that collab will be ready very, very soon. But in the meantime, why not check out their website, thequeerbrewingproject.com and cloudwatersoda.co and use the code EUROTRIP for 10% off Queer Brewing beers and merch and Cloud Water Sodas range. Of course, that is a fantastic way to support the podcast as well. That code again, EUROTRIP, it's all one word, for 10% off. And that code is valid until July the 31st, 2021. You're listening to the Eurotrip, almost live from Rotterdam. Hi James, I want to wish you the very best of luck tonight. I'm so proud you're representing my country. Your song is amazing and the positivity we all need right now. You're going to light up that room. 
Lots of love from Victoria. Best of luck, Destiny from Malta. Go add another trophy to your collection. Hey Mona Skin, Franciszka from Hungary here. Just wanted to wish you guys best of luck for the grand final on Saturday. I'm sure you're gonna smash it as you always do. Forza Italia! Hi, this is Emily from the United Kingdom and I just wanted to wish a massive good luck to Daddy and Gagna Magnid from Iceland in this year's Eurovision Song Contest. I hope you do amazing! Good luck! Hi Destiny, want to wish you all the very best of luck for your big night tomorrow. We always knew you were destined for greatness ever since Junior Eurovision and after tonight I know you can take on the world. Good luck Malta! So lovely of you to get in touch with your good luck messages for some of tonight's artists. In no particular order there, thank you to Emily, to Alistair, Francesca, James and Victoria for getting in touch with your good luck messages for the UK, for Italy, for Malta and for France. It just shows, doesn't it? You know, they mentioned some countries there, some big fan favourites, but we didn't hear about Ukraine or Switzerland or Bulgaria. As we keep seeing, it is so, so wide open this year. It really, really is. One man, of course, who will have a huge part to play in tonight's show is, I don't know if we can call him new anymore, the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You heard him on our podcast a few months ago, probably a couple of months ago now. He's Martin Osterdahl, or as our Dutch hosts call him, Martin Oosterdahl, which maybe is what we'll go with from now on. He will be the man telling us when the points are ready to be presented this evening. And James, we've got a quick bit of our chat with Mr. Oosterdahl right now. Indeed we have, because we've seen him on the two live shows so far this week in both of the semi-finals with his brand new phrase, you're good to go, telling the presenters they're ready to reveal the qualifiers. And he'll be doing the same job tonight, telling them that all the points are in and we're ready to hear who is going to win Eurovision 2021. But you may be wondering, who is this man? Where has Jan Olesand gone? Well, he is the brand new executive supervisor. He has a long and rich history with the contest and Melody Festival and over in Sweden. So here's the man himself, just giving you a little bit of a flavour about his history with the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, I produced the, uh, the Swedish uh, national selection to, uh, to the Eurovision Song Contest, which is called Melody Festival. Um, but that's all the way back in 2005, 2006, 2007. So that's ages ago. Uh, but uh, ever since then, I've travelled to each Eurovision Song Contest with um, with the delegation, not not necessarily part of a delegation, but but with the delegation in some way. Um, and I've worked with the Swedish broadcaster SVT uh, for a long time as a commissioner of entertainment and also a commissioner of sports. So I've I've, I've been involved with with preparations and planning for for a lot of large uh, sport events as well, which is a useful experience. Uh, but then, of course, I, I was the executive producer for Eurovision Song Contest 2013 in Malmö. Um, it's a very fond memory. Uh, and then again, we, we were lucky enough to, uh, to have the opportunity to host it again in 2016 in Stockholm, uh, where I again was, was the executive producer. And uh, in between those years and after, uh, and after Stockholm, I also stayed on in total of, of seven years on the, on the Eurovision Song Contest reference group. So... I think it's fair to say that I um, I have devoted some time to this contest. Tweet us or find us on Instagram. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. It is Saturday. It is Eurovision Grand Final Day. Martin Oosterdahl there, the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest, plenty of which we will be seeing later. That made it sound as if he might appear with few clothes on, which I don't <laughs> think he will. I think I think he'll probably be fully dressed. Although you only ever see him from about the chest up, so maybe... Don't say, no, 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 no. Martin will have some trousers on. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, we've all been doing Zoom meetings with just, you know, nothing... How many Zoom meetings have you done without your trousers on? <laughs> well, I must admit, I've been fully trousered for every single one of my <laughs> Zoom meetings. However, um, I seem to be digging a hole for, for somebody here, and it's, it appears to be me. So do you want to take over? Yes, indeed. Uh, Earlier on in the podcast, we crossed to, I think James said exactly this, France, but not France, the Ahoy Arena and the actual press centre to have a chat to a French journalist about their chances 
at Eurovision this evening. Well, let's talk about another of the favourites for tonight. And of course, that is Malta and Destiny. She's been the favourite for Eurovision this year for a long time now. At the moment, she's in the top three. She's in with a great chance of winning the contest and giving Malta their first ever Eurovision victory, which would be amazing for the small Mediterranean island. So I thought we'd cross over to the Mediterranean island that I have just been describing and chat to freelance journalist Christina Chetkuti. She works for the Times of Malta. And as you can hear from this interview, they are very, very excited and they're getting ready for tonight's final. I would say we're all very excited and we're all, you know, preparing the finishing touches for our Eurovision parties. Thank God the COVID rules have uh, sort of eased down and we can invite each other to our to our houses so we can have big, like, family parties at least to root for Destiny. <laughs> now, you've mentioned her name already. Of course, Destiny is your hopeful for this year's Eurovision Song Contest and... She is, of course, one of the favourites to win. What do you make of the song, first of all? I love Jemakos. Uh, it's one of those songs when, when you know, when I, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, wow, you know, and you feel like dancing to it. Uh, I, I really, I really, I really took to it immediately. Um, of course, yes, for Malta, I would say it's just like this one big national dream that one day will win the Eurovision. And, uh, well... We feel that this time round we've got more of a chance than than usual. Let's let's put it this way. And I, I guess you know we just long for the day when we can host Eurovision ourselves, and the whole of the island will be one big party. <laughs> we know that she's song number six of twenty six. She's maybe earlier in the final than you would have hoped. Yes, she is a bit early. It's true, but. You know what? I, I really think that um, Destiny has that je ne sais quoi, that is sort of, you know, and, and joie de vivre. Well, I'm, I'm throwing all these French <laughs> idioms, you know, to stay in tune with, with the title of her song. Um, the thing is, she's got that something which stays with you even after, you know, she's, she's sang and gone off stage. And uh, that's, that's what, I, what I love about her. I, I think, well, I think that Destiny is a singing prodigy. Um, you know, she won the, the Junior Eurovision uh, a few years ago. She has this special sort of vibrating uh, voice, which is full of soul. And she's only 18 and she's so dazzling on stage. This, she's got this stage presence, which is amazing. And it, it's like, you know, she commands the stage. And then when you watch her, it's like she gives you confidence. You know, you feel like you want to go and start dancing and you know, you don't care about what people think because that is, that is, that is so her and that is why I, I really like her. And for me, this is not just about Malta. It's about her, about destiny. representative of the Gen Z, the generation, which is, you know, they're so tuned in at the, at the age of 18, they're tuned in to what's happening. And uh, they feel so empowered and they've got this hardworking ethic and uh, they're, you know, they don't just judge people. And uh, it would be great, I think, if someone from the Gen Z, I mean, at this point in time, you know, when it's such an important generation, they're, you're changing the world basically. And it would be great if the Eurovision was won by someone who's representative of, of this generation. How would you, your extended family, celebrate tomorrow night if it happens? What would that scene oh, look God. like? Oh, I think we'll all go out in the streets <laughs> with champagne bottles in hand. <laughs> it would be amazing, amazing. I think you, you would just hear us from the UK, you know, this one big roar of joy. So there you go. That is a bit of a flavour of the excitement levels in Malta right now as they are getting their hopes up for their very first Eurovision Song Contest victory. And 
we've said it before in the past couple of weeks, I think, wouldn't it be incredible to head to Malta for Eurovision? It's another Euro trip that I would be up for. Me and you, maybe we'll get two in in the space of six months or so. Me and you in Gay Paris and then a trip. <laughs> That's what they call it, isn't it? Gay Paris? Yeah, I think it is, but I just didn't know what you said. It sounded like something completely different. Okay, well, maybe we can go to Paris and then maybe me and you a trip to the Med next May. Two perfect destinations. Two of my favourite as well. Two I've been to before and oh, would I love to return with the added flavour of Eurovision on the side. Oh, what a dream. Little little, little essence of Eurovision. Little essence of Eurovision. Doesn't go wrong, does it? That's how I live my life, with an essence of Eurovision. <laughs> now, King of the Sags, here it comes. Three people who also live their life with an essence of Eurovision. You will have heard in our coverage of Eurovision 2021 that we've been lucky enough to speak to a whole host of brilliant people. And we thought we'd bring you a collection of huge Eurovision fans to discuss what we can expect this evening. We have got, from the United Kingdom, Daniel Rosney. He is a journalist who works for the BBC. He's one of Steve Holden's colleagues who, of course, Steve, you will have heard on our podcast earlier on this week, who's out in Rotterdam. Well, Daniel has been to many contests for the BBC covering them. So he's on the panel, as is Bella Kvist. You might remember Bella was on Melfest Monday with us back in March because she provided the English language commentary for the Melfest final for the first time. And she also does some bits for SVT, the Swedish broadcaster, and works for Swedish radio. And also Ari Olafsson. He represented Iceland at the Eurovision Song Contest in 2018. So with those introductions, it is safe to say we are in safe and capable hands to give you a flavour of what's to come in tonight's grand final. Don't worry, we will be getting their predictions for the victory. And as I say that, I realise that we have not done our predictions either. So we will give you those, both me and Rob, at the end of today's episode. But we started off by asking Ari, first of all, for his thoughts on the two live shows we've seen so far this week. Uh... The two semi-finals I thought were amazing. We had some very, very good acts, and then we had some very, very uh, good moments as well uh, from the other ones that didn't qualify. Uh, especially uh, Poland, I thought yesterday was was a lot, a lot of fun, um, and uh, you know that that Iron Man gimmick was was quite something. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think. I think it's a very, very strong competition this year. And, uh, you know, you have all these songs that I felt could win uh, if they were put in other competitions. For instance, Ukraine uh, would be, for me, I could feel it was, it was a definite, you know, one of those songs that you, you could think that I could win the, the Eurovision competition. Uh, but then you also have Iceland coming in and then you have Lithuania, who's that sort of similar thing. And you then have Swiss uh, and Malta and you know, all these, like, they like every single song is like, sort of like, we've, we've seen winners from all these kind of genres, right? And now they're all like, I feel like the, the pinnacle of each genre is in that competition, if you know what I'm, what I'm trying to say. I thought you were going to list all 26 for a second there, Ari. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I think, I think I listed off all the ones that I think that are going to be in the top. And obviously Italy, Italy there as well. I think, I think, the, I think those are the countries that, um, that are going to have the, I think, most uh, success on, the, on the, just how, how they performed these, uh, you, know, you know, on Tuesday and, and Thursday and, and how people were receiving receiving them. Bella, I'm going to come to you now. You were, of course, watching everything from, from Sweden. Tusa, of course, got through on Tuesday night semi-final, which, of course, you must be delighted about. I'm so pleased. I was nervous for a slight moment there after I'd said on live on national television that, oh, of course, he'll make it, no problem. And then we were just waiting and waiting. But, yeah. So pleased he's made it through to the final and I think very well deserved. It's been a crazy week. Uh, I just can't wait for the for the final now and to see how it all goes with this crazy sort of a lineup or the running whatever. It's it's gonna be so exciting. 
Daniel, you, of course, have, have covered the contest before you were in Tel Aviv for BBC Radio 1. It's not the same watching it from home, but it, it must have been a joy to finally see Eurovision back on our screens after a two-year wait. Completely. And I was very lucky to go to Israel in 2019 because I know it was quite far, so lots of uh, fans didn't get to go. Um, and it, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long two years. Um, I feel that in 2020, we did get a taste of the contest because the EBU and other broadcasters domestically put on their own kind of shows to kind of replace that massive gap that was left because of this week it means so much to so many people. And it's, you know, we're a day before the final. We've no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And that's what makes this contest so exciting. Um, watching it from home and not being there this year has been different, but I've really enjoyed watching it as a fan again and not having to cover it as, as a journalist because you are not in that bubble, which you can be if you're at the contest for the week of rehearsals and then the week of the two semi-finals and the final. And then sometimes you forget that when you're in that bubble that the majority of the near 200 million people who watch it are seeing these performances for the first time and they can change everything. Let's talk about what Bella called the, I don't think you used the word chaos, Bella, but it is the chaos of the running order that we could expect. Ari, I'm going to come to you because you hadn't seen the running order and then we told you that Iceland was coming immediately after Switzerland and you said... It was two of my two favourite songs, uh, Switzerland and uh, Iceland. Uh, but I, I actually do I do think it's, it's quite... It does, um, does sound okay to me because they're quite contrasting in a way. And, uh, you know, they're not very similar. And you have, you know, you have Gagner Magna, the disco, and then you have the beautiful ballad. So I don't think that, I don't think that's, um, uh, I don't think that's like an issue, but, you know, there are two, two, uh, two acts that are, you know, very high up in the, in the betting uh, and, and, you know, they're competing, you know, uh, for the top five. So that could be, that could be a little, you know, there could be a little danger zone there, but what 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 really came as a surprise to me was Lithuania and Ukraine next to each other because they're so similar and they're both sort of this like techno, disco, very different acts that I felt like you 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 kind of want them to be separate, um, you know, one featuring in the first half and the other one in the second half. Bella, the way we're critiquing this running order, so you know, so you know intensely doesn't it just show the quality of songs not just in the semi-finals but in the grand final especially this year are so so strong absolutely it's, it's a really high level of songs this year and it's i mean it's so difficult as well to say who will who will win uh the betting odds have just changed whenever there's been like a rehearsal has changed again i've been following them and at one point i think there were three acts all saying 16 percent, you know chance of winning and it's just moved from you know hour to hour, so it's it's really difficult to say this year, which makes it really exciting. And as you say, the running order, I mean, this is always subject to like all the fans and the nerds like us sitting there and looking and what you know, what does it mean? What what are the producers trying to say? What are they trying to do? And you know, but yeah, this year, as you say, the the quality is just outstanding. And that final, you know, sort of point sixteen and onwards, it's just fire. It's going to be crazy. Uh, I can't wait. And you mentioned before we started recording a bit of humour from the producers as well, because we've got Azerbaijan and Norway next to each other. So funny. I've been following this romance and social media for the past week, as I'm sure all of you have. Uh, it's just so funny. I love Tix from Norway. I love his story. I love the song. You know, it's got this real both like the boy band and the emo feel to it. I was a big fan of boy bands as well as the whole emo era when I was when I was younger. So to me, it ticks all the boxes. I love ticks. Um, and then his, you know, little romance with Effendi from Azerbaijan is just so, whether it's true or not, I don't really care. Like, I just love, I just love following it and seeing all the songs they sing to each other. So yeah, that's hilarious that they put them after each other. Yeah, I was gonna say, how authentic is that relationship? Is there confirmation on how authentic it is? No idea. I'm sure, it, I mean, it does obviously work wonders for the whole PR side of it as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Daniel, we haven't mentioned Malta yet. We've been talking Malta on this podcast. They, do you think, will be upset to be song number six? Because we haven't seen a winner that early since, me and James were looking at this earlier, since 2003. Turkey won from fourth. But it's a very different contest now. Potentially. I mean, Duncan Lawrence was in the top half in the first half in 2019. I think, I think it slightly weakened her chances. But if you look at kind of in the first 10 songs, um, I do think that Malta does still stand out. The only other competitor I think that Destiny will have is Cyprus, who's opening the show. Um, I know there were a lot of rumours about whether or not the UK would open the show because obviously they wanted to kind of open with a banger, really, after a two-year gap. I, st- I'm, I still think Malta can do it. I think Destiny can do it. I think it all relies, for me, on uh, the final 30 seconds when it's the ladies bit. I'm not going to attempt to do Destiny. <laughs> um, but I think I think that will... It relies on her vocals at that point. And, you know, from colleagues who are at the rehearsals, they've been telling me that her vocals are improving time and time and time again. And I'm holding out that Malta can 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 do it. I must ask about Iceland and Daddy, of course. Ari, I'll come to you on this one naturally, given you are from the same country. What have you heard much reaction from any friends or family in Iceland to, to how Daddy's getting on? Because of course we know he's just going to be using the same rehearsal clip that we saw in the semi-final. Yeah. Uh, obviously we're all gutted that daddy's not going to be there live and i especially i sent him a message uh and i said to him that uh you know uh, i felt sorry that he can't be there because obviously that's an experience of a lifetime being on that stage and performing uh especially in a final uh which i never got to experience you know uh but you know i think though we're very lucky having his you know, because his performance uh, in the second, um, the second rehearsal is quite, is quite amazing, actually. And uh, it's quite good. If I think about when I was doing it, my second rehearsal was absolute crap. You know, <laughs> I'm so thankful that I'm not singing uh, that song, nine in the morning, uh, you know, rehearsal day, number two. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're very lucky that that rehearsal went really well. And, um, you know, they made a little nice cozy studio as well, you know, in their hotel room. The song is strong. The fan base is strong. The Dali and the Gagamonida are a strong competitor. So I, it, it, might, it might do some harm, but I think in the end, you know, it's a, it's a good song. And, and people obviously just there to, um, to appreciate the music, first and foremost. I will be very surprised if the UK doesn't award its 12 points to Iceland purely for the amount of publicity that Iceland have been getting in the UK from last year and in the run-up to this competition. Um, On daytime TV today in the UK, they've been discussing Iceland a lot more than they've been discussing the UK entry. There's a balance to be had, but Daddy's been getting a lot of publicity on Radio 1, which is where I work. It's the most listened to pop radio station in the UK. What's the most listened to radio station from the 30s in the UK? And it was track of the week, tune of the week, last week. So for for non-Eurovision fans who don't follow the semi-finals and don't follow the build-up of all of the domestic uh, competitions, they will know the song and they will recognise it. And it, he's obviously got the story from last year. I think he will get... Well, the group, I think Iceland will get a lot of 12 points from the public, but whether or not that will translate in jury vote, I think is a different question. Bella, has the reaction been similar in Sweden as well for Daddy? Yeah, I'm so interested to hear that uh, from the UK. Because, um, um, yeah, in Sweden, they're, they're definitely well known. And last year, everyone, all the influencers were doing the little dance and the Insta stories and they were su- super hyped. So I think a lot of people will definitely recognize them. I've not, they've not been on the radio in that same capacity this year. Uh, but people will definitely recognize them. But I was curious because I thought the Ukraine might go down quite well with the UK audience as well would you guys reckon to that as like a bit of a fun act i see 
today that on Spotify, they're in the UK viral top, I think in the top 20. Um, they're in there, Destiny's in there. And bizarrely, Alexander Ryback's back with Fairy Tale because the UK love a bit of a throwback, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Now, this is it. This is the ultimate question. Bella, to you, because I know that you will be sat there throughout the evening with your famous chips and dip because we we covered this on Melfest Monday and you've got it there talk us through what's the setup what's the setup now in the build-up and what's the setup going to be for the big night this is the very Swedish traditional course of these are crisps we call them chips Uh, I think these are dill flavored and then with that we have a dip sauce which is um, sour cream mixed with a ready-made bag of sort of herbs and flavoring so yeah very authentic <laughs> no but seriously everyone has this on their little sofa table on a friday night and um i'm sure a lot of swedes will be enjoying their crisps and dip alongside uh eurovision i'll have some some bubbles on the go i reckon and you know not decided on what to eat yet uh, i just I, I don't know the, the chips are, are finished. The dip has gone. You're, you've run out of bubbles, unfortunately, and it's the end of the night. Who's lifting the trophy? Oh, gosh, it's so hard to say. Um, it's, it's just so... So you're, you're wanting who I think will win, right? I want a who you think and who you want. You can have both. Oh, gosh. Um, so I think that, the, the, that Europe wants to dance. Europe is sick of feeling low I think Ukraine will win I did not expect you to say that but I would I would be here for it (laughs) who do you want to win I'm just gonna I'm going with Ukraine and as for who I want to win obviously Tussa but I'll just throw in ticks in the mix there um Norway big fan of that Daniel if we come to you at the end of the probably near four-hour roller coaster that we're going to have tonight. Who's going to be lifting that trophy? Well, uh, controversially to Bella, perhaps, I was quite surprised that Tessa did qualify. Uh, I didn't think Sweden would qualify this year. I'm going to, again, have two answers. I want Malta to win, but I do have to agree with Bella. I think it's Ukraine's. I think, especially the placing in the running order, I think people want to dance. They especially in the UK, pubs are starting to reopen. We've not got nightclubs yet. And it will it's the kind of song that wants you on a dance floor. And I don't think any of the other songs have that kind of big sort of moment that Ukraine is bringing. Either Ukraine or Italy. I forgot about Italy. How could you forget about Italy, Daniel? Yeah, I know. That's really bad. That's really bad. I think, I think it's going to be between Ukraine and Italy. And we might have a John Lundvik, Dustin, uh, Duncan Lawrence moment again on screen, which is will just be fantastic television. Ari, for you, obviously your home country of Iceland, your favourite song is Switzerland. Is it one of those two or, or who are you going to say? I want Dada to win, obviously. It's time that I, uh, the Eurovision Song Contest is held in Iceland. Uh, uh, and uh, But I think uh, either Italy or Switzerland. I really do think that Switzerland might actually steal this one. So we've had plenty of different answers there, which does just show how open the contest is. Daniel and Bella both saying Ukraine, which I'm very, very excited about, but not long to find out. Guys, thank you so much for, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much. Having us. Thank you. I think Belgium is going to be a dark horse as well. Oh, Belgium. Oh. Come on then, before we sign off, before we hear from some of the artists of 2021 that we've been lucky enough to have here on the podcast. What's your prediction, Mr. Rowe? Why did you have to put me on the spot? Oh, I hate this game. You know, we are in a privileged position, aren't we? We get to ask everybody, who do you think is going to win? And nobody ever asks us back. And yet here we are, you've put me on the spot. And I'm trying to delay as much time as I can just by saying an endless stream of unnecessary words so I don't actually have to come up with a prediction. And yet I'm probably going to have to do one anyway. Oh, I'm going to say, I think my arm's been twisted. I think Iceland are going to do it. I think they're going to have enough of the public vote on the side. I think the juries are going to think they're entertaining enough. And I just think it's going to seal the deal. For the first time, maybe since I can remember, I'm going to agree with you. I'm also going to say that Iceland are going to win Eurovision 2021. And this puts us also in a good position because if we're both wrong, at least we were both wrong, 
which is a position I'd far rather be in. I think Iceland are going to do it. I think there are going to be some surprises tonight, though. I think Portugal are going to do very well. We saw the reaction in the second semi-final to them in the arena. We heard the reaction from the crowd. It's visually stunning. I think people who see that song for the first time tonight are going to really like it. So my outside tip, I reckon, Portugal, top five. Yeah, it could well happen. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the running order. There's definitely five or six countries tonight that I wouldn't be surprised if they won. I think Iceland are going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if France did. Or even Ukraine or Malta. Oh, the list goes on. It is so, so wide open. Possibly the most wide open contest we've had in about a decade. Absolutely. Italy, you didn't mention either there. Bulgaria, there are so many countries that could win tonight, which is what makes it so exciting. And also from us here on the Eurotrip podcast, good luck to James Newman for the United Kingdom. It's been great following his journey. It was brilliant to have him on the podcast and fair play to that man for wearing what he is wearing later on. I don't think anyone else could pull off that gold outfit that James will be wearing later. So keep your eye out for that. The United Kingdom, of course, song number nine this evening. We have had an incredible time bringing you this podcast every single week and especially over the last month or so chatting to the artists of Eurovision 2021. So before we signed off on this episode, our final episode before the grand final, we wanted to bring you some of these words from the class of 2021. Be safe and be happy. So when you're happy, you can do anything. We all have feelings and we all share these feelings. And we we have different experiences, but we have the same pain. And I think we can, as a people, be more nice to each other and be, you know, just spread more love. They a smile it will appear on their face, eyes will uh, sparkle. I think this is the main idea of the music, of singers, like, and of this song contest. The most important thing, win or lose, we don't really care care about that. But we have to be ourselves. It has to be 100% blind channel. It's it's a pride to to sing in Spanish because I am Spanish. I mean, it's a it's a lot of pressure in it, but um, it's I like the challenge. I think it's it's a fun challenge as a songwriter and as an artist. So like we have our our performance style pretty nailed down at this point, I think. But it's it's really uh, it's a nice feeling to see that uh, your numbers go green and not red after the performance. I mean, we all have the chance to perform in front of us. I don't remember how thousand million people, it's like crazy. So it's already a victory. Of course, if I can win, I will be... Actually, I, I can't even think about it. I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart because the feedback I got is incredible. I, 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 you can't put it in words. I'm so thankful to have you all as my supporters. So there it is. We've just heard from the class of 2021 and that brings us to the end. The final episode before the grand final of Eurovision 2021. What a week this has been with Almost Live from Rotterdam. What a blast these last few weeks and months have been bringing you the Eurotrip. Rob, this has been fantastic, hasn't it? It has. I've had an absolute blast doing this every single Wednesday and more often than that most weeks as well. It's been brilliant to be here with you. Thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch at any point to anything you've heard today, if you want to get in touch after the grand final, whenever you like, to be honest, we are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can also send us an email, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. And good luck to all of you in tonight's sweepstake as well. If any of you are in the Eurotrip's big Eurovision sweepstake for 2021, you could be merely hours away from winning that very, very underwhelming prize. (laughs) Don't say we never said it was underwhelming. We always said all along that the prizes were a little under par. However, you you could perhaps be one of the ones who is going to win it tonight. So keep your fingers crossed for that. But I think it's probably about time we wrap up and let people get on with watching the grand final tonight. 
before we do, we have to say we'll be back on Wednesday. As per usual, we'll have all the reaction to whatever happens in tonight's grand final. And we will begin, I suppose, looking ahead to Eurovision 2022. But it is time for us to go. You know what to do. It's your job on every podcast. Tell them. Until next time, until we are back with you with a brand new episode of the Eurotrip. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, for the seventh and final time this week, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, with my hopes that you have a wonderful grand final Saturday, it's goodbye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.